Hi, everybody. My name is Eric with Smart Pot Fabric Planters, and welcome back to the Growing Revolution. We have a great podcast planned. Uh, we have one of our distributors from the Middle East in Kuwait, Jazam Bastaki, and he is the founder of Sustainable Organic Kuwait, and he is awesome on Instagram. He does a, a lot of updates of his rooftop garden, and he's a huge proponent of Smart Pots. So, uh, Jasm, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Eric. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, for for those that uh, aren't aware, Jasm is in Kuwait, and right now it's morning where I'm at, and it's evening where he's at. So thank you so much for you know being flexible with your schedule and, and doing this podcast with us. Oh, most definitely. Anything for you guys, and thank you guys for making the best containers to grow. <laughs> well, Especially for us here in the, in the dry uh, environment. Yes, we're... Hot and dry. We're we're def I, I've got a, a few questions that kind of go along with uh, with your growing environment. So, but before we get into that, um, you know, I, I wanted to see if you could maybe tell us a little bit about Kuwait in general, uh, where it is, and you know, what is life like over there? Uh, oh God, I wasn't expecting that, but. Uh... Uh, right now, right now, life is all about staying sane with all that's happening with COVID. But uh, we're in the Middle East. We're on the Persian or Arabian Gulf, whichever name you're, you're familiar with. We're south of Iraq and north of Saudi. Uh, the, the the climate is is very dry and hot in the summer, and uh, it can be a bit cold in the winter. Although the uh, the, the really cold times short maybe a couple weeks uh, you can think of uh, the, the climate in Arizona as what we deal with here uh, although although the uh, growth season in spite of being a desert here the the growth season may actually be a little longer than uh, a lot of the places uh, that, that people are familiar with where people uh, are e even where I was used to growing in Pittsburgh uh, up until 2012. Uh, it is a city lifestyle. It's, it's definitely a city, uh, urbanized lifestyle. What's the population um, of Kuwait? Do you know offhand? Yeah, right now uh, it, it's about 4 millions, but the Kuwaiti nationals are only 30% of that, maybe even less. Oh, okay. Yeah, most of the, most of the population is uh, expats. Oh, wow. Okay, so people from like England and, and the United States generally? Uh, East Asia, Southeast Asia, and North Africa mostly, but from all over the world. Oh, awesome. So, so it's a very cosmopolitan uh, country then. Probably Pretty have a, a, a great selection of restaurants, I bet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Food is good here. Nice, nice. Um, now, before founding Sustainable Organic, uh, you had already been working as a head and neck pathologist and diagnostician. Uh, what is that career like for those of us who are unfamiliar? Uh, it, it's really stressful. It's really stressful. And that's where 
that's where uh, growing, gardening, farming comes in. Uh, it's a place to ground yourself and uh, de-stress. Uh, maybe just get out of this urbanized city lifestyle, the stressful hospital environment into something a little more natural, connect with nature, even hear the, the sound of birds, uh, even the insects here and there, get a little tick bite here or there, uh, whatever that can help with the with a stressful job like that. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, now, when did you start Sustainable Organic and uh, are you distributing through any retailers or is it direct, direct to consumer? How, how is your business model working there? Uh, we started with the purpose of, of uh, sourcing high quality grow products in the region. Uh, like I said before, I, I was used to growing in Pittsburgh and uh, uh, whether I grew in a container or straight in the ground, I had everything that I needed to, to have a successful grow available for me. Uh, but when I moved back to Kuwait in 2012, at that time, uh, maybe things weren't as available as they are now. Uh, I started growing hydroponically, but I realized that was uh, very costly. And also having to deal with the pest issues, yeah, the growth was amazing, but then dealing with pests. And when I switched to, when I switched to living soil type uh, growing, and it was actually in smart pots. Uh, I just had much, much better results, even indoor. Uh, I was growing indoor just because I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with the climate here, and I always assumed that I'm in a desert is not going to work. Uh, but after the first couple tries, I figured that no, it, it actually works, and it's definitely cheaper than than growing hydroponically and, and mixing all the nutrients and, and checking, keeping track of uh, uh, of the numbers. Uh, the issue was with sourcing really high quality stuff, I actually had to bring everything with me from the States. Uh, with my line of work and also with, with having a house and family in Pittsburgh, I would be back and forth uh, at least twice a year in the States. And every time I went to, to the States, I came back with everything that I needed. I would actually write a list of the things that uh, I potentially would be getting from the States on the next visit. Um, and then when, when, I'm, uh, when I'm desperate for a certain thing, I would use Amazon or some of the forwarding uh, services that, that are there. It's just way too expensive. Uh, I figured, why not source the, the, everything that I personally need for, for my grows, source it here, but also for everybody else. Uh, I realized also after going on the social media and, and testing the market and understanding the culture there, I realized that a lot of work needs to be done. It's not just sourcing the material that I need. It's sourcing it and letting people know that, hey, there are good products out there that can help you grow better quality uh, food and uh, a lot cheaper. And guess what? You can grow your own food. This is something that all you uh, urbanized city dwellers can think about and check out and, and can enjoy and incorporate it into your lifestyle and uh, so yeah we started uh, we started in 2018 and, uh, and and ever since I'm just noticing the change in the culture and uh, even actually the change in biodiversity in the region awesome awesome 
Yeah, I I, uh, I follow you on Instagram and, you know, your garden tours in, in the morning uh, when you do your filming. It's it's such a treat. And, yeah, for anybody who wonders, you know, hey, can can I grow uh, in smart pots in a harsh desert environment? Uh, just look at Jassim's uh, Instagram feed. His garden is amazing. Um so have you always been a gardener or, you know, what, what brought you into that world? Were, were you a gardener, you know, as a younger man? Uh, you know what? The first time I actually gardened, gardened, not like just put a, an onion in a glass and, and watch the roots grow and then the, the leaves. Uh, it was during the, during the invasion, the first Gulf War. Okay. At the time I was, uh, I was nine, almost turning 10. And uh, the, the Iraqi soldiers closed the produce shop where I used to work as a kid with my uncle. And, uh, and I, see, I saw my uncle very worried, like, what are we going to do now? Where are we going to get veggies uh, for the people? So I, I said, well, uncle, can we try growing it? How about I, I do that? Because at, at that time, us kids, the neighborhood kids, uh, in that age range, nine, ten, eleven, eight, we took care of uh, we took care of certain tasks for the neighborhood, cleaning out the trash, uh, collecting all the trash of the neighborhood, and also uh, we used to also raise farm animals in the city neighborhood, just so people can have some food. Yep. Uh, and I, I guess because we had the responsibility of raising the the, the farm animals, it was like hey, we can also try growing the food. And uh, that was the start. That was the first time I grew something, and uh, I actually totally forgot about it. Totally forgot about that until more recently uh, with questions and with interviews. But then uh, but then years go by, and I, I don't grow, I don't garden or do anything until I moved to Pittsburgh for, for school. And uh, just I happened to have a really nice backyard, and decided to grow my own food there. It's, you know, it, it's a lot more expensive for for a student to buy from the store than actually grow, especially in Pittsburgh with all the rain, with fertile uh, soil. Uh, all I had to do was get seeds. You're a strong, you're a strong proponent of SmartPot fabric planters. How did you first come across SmartPots? Um, Social media and just watching a lot of the uh, a lot of the grows and YouTubes uh, and a lot of the most most of the people I watched were from the states and a lot of them spoke highly uh, of smart pots and I figured hey let me try that and that was the first uh, the first time it was uh, it was 2013. Okay, so you were in Pittsburgh then uh, at that time, or you you were back in Kuwait? I knew of them when I was in Pittsburgh. Okay. It's just I never I never needed to use them in Pittsburgh. But the first time I decided it's time. It's time just cuz it was way even way too hot for uh for the plastic box that that I tried here in Kuwait. Just one hit with the sun rays here and, and you got an oven. Yeah. Uh but when I when I used the smart pots and I saw how they literally sweat just like our skins sweat in the summer. I thought that was amazing. I, I won't have any any issues with the 
anaerobic environment in my soil just because it's now turning into a sauna or a steam room, you know? Uh, and I saw, I saw how my plants grew in, in smart pots. The, the proof is in the pudding, as I like yeah. to say. Nice. Um, so, can you tell us uh, what you're growing in, in your smart pots? Uh, what, like, what can we see on your rooftop garden? Uh, I used to say, I used to say I grow everything that I eat. Now, I say I grow everything to have a, a complete ecosystem in my, in my garden. I grow a lot of, uh, a lot of things that I know I won't end up eating. I know that the pests or the birds in the, in the garden will have their share fare there. Uh, but that's part of it. That helps build that ecosystem that helps attract, uh, a lot of, uh, different Organisms. I actually grow most of the brassicas that I grow are not for me to eat, uh, are to attract those moths that will help pollinate my zucchinis and squashes in the evening. Ah. Because with different with different genetics, uh, the, the lighting here is different. The the, la the wavelengths, the uh, the light component, the different waves are different here from where these heirloom varieties came. So when the flowers open and close are different in Boulder than they are here. And I noticed that my zucchinis need a lot of uh, night pollinators. So I grow brassicas to attract those moths. And I, I also have, uh, I'm sorry, I also have bees now on a rooftop. So I grow a lot of flowers for my bees. Oh, that's awesome. And my summer cover crop, my summer cover crop has to have a good flowering phase in it, specifically for feeding my bees. Yeah, I, I noticed that, you know, you're a big proponent of, of doing like cover crops. And w would you would you say that that definitely helps uh, the overall ecosystem of your soil? It does. It, it Growing cover, cover crop in the soil helps that soil and it also helps the pots near the spot where you grow in the cover crop as long as you have biodiversity you're helping your your garden and, and your grows totally whether it's soil that we're talking about or the entire garden nice um now you're based in kuwait are you servicing any other countries in the middle east yeah uh, our our business um, tailors to consumers, direct buyers, and also to uh, businesses. So we supply businesses and, and we sell directly to uh, consumers. And uh, our access is online and also in physical stores. We have multiple stations in multiple physical locations in Kuwait. And we're also moving in uh, uh, big department stores and grocery stores. Awesome, awesome. We're trying. We're trying to. We're trying to normalize gardening and and the garden supplies uh, in the eye of the consumer here in this city lifestyle. Just like they see even produce in a store, slowly and hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I, I think overall that is kind of our focus. Uh, you know, at High Caliper Growing is the the urban grower you know the the person who wants to eat fresh you know fruits and vegetables but 
you know, maybe doesn't think that it's possible because they only have, you know, a, a fifth of an acre. But, you know, if you have a productive garden, a fifth of an acre could, you know, feed your whole family. Um, Dude, we see, uh, we have followers here that we also follow that grow a lot of what they eat in just a small balcony. Yeah. In a few feet by three feet balcony. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I follow a few other people that, you know, are customers of yours and their, uh, their backyard gardens are just fantastic. You, you would never guess that they were in, you know, a harsh desert growing environment looking at those luscious plants. Um, so can you tell us anything uh, else like that you're into? Like, I heard that your family is big into martial arts. Is that... Is that true? Uh, where'd you hear that from? Oh, uh, just uh, a, just a bird at the office. Um, yeah, I, I grew up doing karate, and uh, it was uh, me, and then my brother uh, took after, and um, we were we we played karate nationally here and also internationally, and uh, and now my little boy is uh, is playing karate. Uh, he's been all over the world, uh, wow. representing Kuwait. He went to Poland and and he had few uh, medals there. Went to Oman. He just recently, uh, three weeks ago maybe, or yeah, three weeks ago, he came back from Kazakhstan for the Asian Championship, and he came back with two silvers. He did uh, he did really well. Wow, Kazakhstan's been in the news lately, uh, so yeah, hopefully that was before all that went down. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Nice. He's back. Nice, nice. Um, so I under, you, you said that you spent uh, a lot of time in, in Pittsburgh for school, and I understand that your your wife is originally from the United States. Is is that true? Yes. Oh, okay, and I'm assuming you guys met in college then? Yes. Nice, nice. Um, are there any things that you miss about the United States? Uh, you, but I said, but you, uh, you had mentioned that you do come back uh, quite often, right? Yeah, I do. It, uh, I, you know what? I, I lived most of my adult life in, in the United States and more specifically in Pittsburgh. So mm -hmm. uh, this is what I know. This is what I grew up in. Uh, and I miss that a lot. I miss uh, I miss the sports, hockey, the Penguins, uh, the Steelers games, all the craziness when uh, when the games are on, uh, the snow for sure, all the uh, all the outdoor activities during that time of the year. Uh, I just love it all. The the green uh, landscape in, in Pennsylvania, it's, uh, all the beautiful hike sites and uh, rivers and lakes. I yeah. love that. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you're when you're living in, you know, like a dry environment like in Arizona or California or, you know, the Middle East, when you get into, you know, a place like the Midwest or, you know, out east in the United States where it gets lots of rain, it's almost like coming into a different world uh, where everything yeah. is green instead of yellow and brown. Exactly. <laughs> uh, now, now, the only... Uh... One thing that is very similar between Kuwait and Pittsburgh is having all four seasons in one day. It's just on a different end of the spectrum. 
Nice, nice. Um, ha- has it ever snowed in Kuwait before, or does it just never get that cold? No, it, it gets that cold. It can be below zero, uh, okay. below zero Celsius mm-hmm. not Fahrenheit, but not not wet enough uh, for a snow. Okay. Now hail, yeah, we we definitely get hail. I don't want to say every year, but almost every year we can get hail. We got hail this this year, but not snow. Okay. Um, now, how can people follow you, and where can they learn more information about you know um, you know what you're growing and and just following sustainable organic uh, in general? Uh, they can uh, they can follow us on Instagram and also on YouTube. Uh, Instagram is where we we post more frequently, more of the updates. Uh, now I've been more busy lately with work and the cases and uh, not getting home till much later so I haven't haven't had enough time uh, to spend in the garden or, or even if I would go to the garden I, I wouldn't have enough time to dedicate for education and, and filming as much as I used to but I'm hoping to pick that back up uh, hopefully we'll get hang up the uh, of the workload now uh, but also the the longer videos, more explanations, and more in-depth detail uh, talking uh, is on YouTube, on our channel. Yeah. I, you know, I personally just love watching your garden tour videos, and, you know, I'd say, I don't know, 95% of what I hear in your videos, you know, you're speaking Arabic, and I don't understand that, but... At the same time, gardening is kind of a universal language, and you know you just have such a such a calming, you know, reassuring voice that, like, you know, you could be talking about dinosaurs for all I know, and uh, it's just such a treat to to be a part of your rooftop garden. Uh, it really inspires me to garden better. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, I actually used to speak both. I used to switch between Arabic and English. With everything that I would say in Arabic, I would say it again in English. Uh, but that's when when I had uh, enough number of uh, non-Arabic speakers. But now with uh, with our followers being uh, in, in the 30s of thousands, and uh, most of them are Arabic speakers, it, it just makes it a lot more work for me to, to do both. But I try also my best that whatever piece of information that I'm putting out there in Arabic, at least type that in English. Yeah, yeah, I've I've noticed that. Um, is there are are there any um, you know special projects that you know you're working on uh, you know either personally or, or with the company that that you think uh, would be cool for us to know about? Um, I'm I'm working with the uh, with a farm in Kuwait that is uh, growing specifically. I don't want to say organic in the certified sense of organic, but I want to say the organic in the natural sense of organic. So this farm uh, works directly with a few restaurants and a few of the bigger kitchens in Kuwait, and they want naturally and healthy grown uh, produce. So we're working with them uh, in doing so. And also applying uh, regenerative practice practices and, and hoping that this project will open up the uh, the door for 
a lot of the farms in Kuwait that only know and only practice monoculture to at least see that there is another way of doing things. Mm -hmm. This is one project that uh, we're more recently working on. And uh, we started a project with uh, Sheikha Antasar, one of the uh, royal family mem members and, and a very activist uh, princess. Uh, we've been working with her on a uh, forestation project. Uh, I, I, I saw that. That's really cool. Yeah, and uh, we were supposed to launch that a couple of Februarys ago, but unfortunately, because of COVID, um, we had to, or let's say, there were a lot of delays there. Yeah, yeah. COVID has kind of messed up uh, everybody's plans in the last couple of yeah. years. Uh, but yeah, that forest uh, project in Kuwait seems really cool, and I'm looking forward to you know seeing the progress uh, of Me that too. come to fruition. Um, awesome. So. Awesome. Well, uh, Jasmine, that, that was all the questions that I had. Um, I really appreciate your time and your support of smart pots in general. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the growing revolution. Uh, most definitely, Eric. And, uh, actually nice to finally and officially <laughs> meet you. I've been following you on Instagram for a while, but, uh, now it's official. I know, I, I know, I know, I know your voice very well, but I've never seen you in person. So it's uh, great to finally put a face to the voice. A, a lot of people actually, uh, sometimes uh, a lot of people know me by my voice, not by my face. And sometimes I'll be walking in the, in the hospitals at work, between the hospitals and talking on the phone. And then I get stopped. Uh, uh, do you have an Instagram account <laughs> or something like that? <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Thank you, thank you guys so much for uh, for the invite and for having me on on your podcast. Uh, it's an honor. Yeah, it's an honor. And also, thank you guys so much for for making the best products that all of us, including myself, use and uh, and continue to to be impressed by everything new that you guys put out. Uh, the, the the new um, the new three foot uh, long beds. A really exciting, really exciting. I, I think those are going to be. I think those are going to be a really big hit because you know it, it just opens up the opportunity for you know smaller scale gardeners who just want to grow a couple of plants. They don't you know need a ton, but they want to do something. So yeah, we're excited yeah. for those to roll out as well. It's a it's a very nice transition, especially for our customers, and I know their style of growing. It's an amazing transition from growing in small pots to growing in big uh, raised beds. Mm -hmm. So this is like a, a connecting bridge between those two worlds. Yeah, yeah, we're we're looking forward to that uh, product officially dropping, and I'm sure uh, you guys will see that on Jasm's uh, Instagram feed uh, in the Can't not wait. too distant future. So I hope uh, so, and the colors are amazing too. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, Jasm, thank you so much for joining us on, on the program. We look forward to following your progress uh, going forward. Thanks, Eric.